Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week week's episode of Talking Pit. My name is Devin Young. I'm going to be your guest host today since Coach Mock um, is not with us today. Today on the episode, I have two people that I've become super close with in my time here at Pitt. We've got Dr. Felix Prossel and Coach Brennan McDonald joining us today. And today we're going to be diving into um, our sports science and strength and conditioning internships and talking about how do we get into the program, what do they do in it, and kind of just the whole 360 view of all of it. So Dr. Prossel, Coach Brenna, Guys, let's get started. Can you guys first, one of you, um, we'll start with Dr. Felix today, talk about really just how do you set up your internship with the sports science students at Pitt? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thanks for having us, Devin. Um, you know, in my role as the director of sports science, one of the few things that I implemented um, early on was an internship program. Um, the way we're set up is um, we have the overarching umbrella of Pitt Sports Performance, and within those, um, within that umbrella, we consider strength and conditioning and sports science basically two separate departments, but um, under one umbrella. And within the sports science department, um, we had had existing master students um, that you know work with us through collaboration with the academic side, but we hadn't had a, a more formal or structured internship uh, program. So. You know, this is basically the third iteration of that internship coming in the summer. Um, and it's distinct from the internship that Brenna provides from the SNC side um, in that the responsibilities and the communication channels are um, vastly different. So on my end and the, the sports science side, um, we'll have interns joining us that um, are responsible for collecting data analyzing data and then reporting back to support staff members. Um, they spend a lot of time learning about the theoretical and applied background of a given piece of technology or um, how to answer a specific question within the field of sports science using data. Um, they might do some literature reviews or some tech reviews to get a better understanding of the sensitivity and test retest reliability of measures that we use let's say on the force plates, whether we should look into impulse measures or peak force measures, or um, you know, if it makes more sense to look into uh, modified RSI versus um, the, the regular RSI, things like that that are more theoretical in nature, um, but then ultimately apply them in real world examples in season or as will be in the case of the summer, preparation for a season. Um, so lots of exposure to technology, learning how to code in R to um, efficiently analyze that data. And then at the end of the day, report back to the coaches. So there's lots of communication um, with the um, sports uh, or strength and conditioning, sports medicine, nutrition side of the house. Um, that's kind of the overarching um, view of the, the internship. And then obviously there's a structured curriculum that the students follow or the interns follow, um, which we can dive in later. Awesome. Yeah, I've been able to see like they kind of intermingle a lot with our interns in the SNC and our back office and all. It's always kind of see them diving in the R and doing all like the research and looking in the papers. Uh, Coach Brennan, can you kind of give us a little um, review of how you run yours? Yeah, so mine is, uh, or our side is geared at making you the best strength coach you can be. Um, with that, we have several different topics kind of that they go through. 
um, majority of their experience is going to be helping with different teams. So we assign them to each intern gets a handful, you know, anywhere from like two to five teams, depending on the term and how many we have. Um, but then they're with that team for their entire time with us so that they get to see several cycles progress. They get to build relationships with athletes. They really get to understand and work with that full-time strength coach that they're paired with. Um, I take their interest into account with that, but then a lot of it is just, you know, kind of schedule-based what they get to work with. Um, around that, we go through our curriculum as well. So a lot of that, like I said, is based on, on getting you better on the floor and then with the X's and O's of strength and conditioning. So they'll do programming projects where they get paired with a full-time strength coach and they get to write a program um, where they'll leave with, you know, a full off-season program by the time they're done. Um, they'll also have to defend that program. We do on-the-floor coaching drills where they um, are put in isolated situations that kind of progress over time where I get to give them feedback directly as a coach of how they're coaching, how they, uh, where their angles are at, how their projection of their voice is. Um, they will uh, go through leadership talks. So I like, believe that finishing as all support staff areas really get to contribute to this culture of a team. And with that, you need to be able to lead yourself, lead others, and then also add to that culture. So they'll do different leadership talks and readings. Um, they go through, they do learn some of the sports science tech pieces, which we'll talk in, through a little bit, but that's a component of it. Um, and then they also do some professional development. So we'll touch on later with our placement bits, but um, a lot of this is, you know, let me get you this information. Let's get you better at the experience side of it. And then let's see if we can prepare you to kind of launch you later on. No, and being a outside looking in, like I've been able to see for a whole semester you with this new in class. And it reminds me back when I had to take over internship programs and like you do a phenomenal job with like being so detailed with the hands on coaching with the kids. It just reminds me of back when I was a coach. I was like, I wish I had this coming up in a couple of the internships I have. Like you're very thorough, very detailed. So it's awesome. It's a great way to get these kids um, hands dirty. And like from day one, they're into the mix. Uh, Dr. Felix, is there any kind of straight, like I know you said you talk about it later about your curriculum, but being able to like talk a little bit about maybe like the micro of what like a week of the curriculum looks like, is there like a little bit of like practical or is it more so like just reading research and then talking about it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, similar to the SNC side and probably even actually to a larger extent, I place a lot of responsibility on those uh, sports science interns just because our department, for one, is a lot younger, um, and we don't have a lot of support staff on the sports science-specific side. So a sports science intern is really more or less the main point of contact for all sports science initiatives for a given team, um, which means that they're directly embedded into the day-to-day -day of that given team or two, um, which means that you know, they're there at practice, at their lifts to assist the SNC coaches, um, learn about uh, the coaches' questions that they have at, uh, in their mind, and, and then find a creative way to collect, analyze, and synthesize data to answer ultimately that question that's part of the coaching staff or support staff. So that's kind of like the basis of, of things. On top of that, um, we do line up the curriculum of sports science internship with our sports science master's program here at Pitt. So within the School of Health and Rehabilitation Science, again, we have like five to seven master's students that work directly with our teams. I, together with Aaron Duval, the director of strength and conditioning here at Pitt, actually teach a class in there, the applied sports science course. And as part of that, we initially discuss distinct pieces of technology week by week. Let's say one week we focus on force plates, 
So um, in addition to the day-to-day that they would uh, do with each team, they learn a lot about, uh, you know, the ins and outs of a force plate. How are we even collecting data that it's a low beam cell that measures pressure and tension and that it's actually an electrical signal that's that gets converted into force that we're not actually measuring jump height, but we're estimating it based on that force. Um, you know, what variables we derive from, let's say, a Hawking Dynamics force plate and going through the literature, reading papers on why it makes sense to look into specific variables, but not others, for instance. Um, if certain variables are more sensitive for changes in performance than others, so that when I see an increase of X amount in jump height, for instance, I actually call it a maintenance rather than an improvement, because if I do the same jump back to back, I get the same increase or decrease in magnitude. Um, so a lot of like theoretical background work that helps you interpret data better. Um, we do have assignments in R that I propose to um, you know the interns. It's a little bit more um, on their own time in terms of um, completion time and due dates. So it's not a, a, a hard weekly dead time, uh, a deadline, because every intern kind of has a different schedule and I try to be flexible with that. Um, but on their own time, basically, to develop these uh, skills in R to more efficiently analyze those uh, data sets, um, which would then help them do the same in their teams. So I would say that that's kind of a, a typical week, work with their team on top of that, do literature reviews, do tech reviews about new upcoming technology, um, and then improve uh, coding skills. So with your interns, and if we're doing, if you're like kind of merging them with the master's students, are you trying to prep your interns to then fill into the master's program at Pitt or at any university? I'm just going to assume we want to keep them in house as much as we can. Or is that just an, um, a better way for you just to not have to do like so much curriculum since you are a newer staff of just being able to then still give them a decent education as they're with us? It's a combination of the two. So one, it provides interns with um, a cohort of students that they, you know, can align with, have similar objectives with, and and just relate to. If they run into any um, issues, they can troubleshoot together, um, and it just provides the whole um, community community feeling basically. Um, but you know, the the thought point behind of it is is not just to align them for the sake of that, but you know, almost like a mentorship model um, in a secondary layer. We don't necessarily require, you know, a, a master's or a bachelor for our sports science internship at this point. So we have quite a variety of um, interns with different experience levels in the world of sports science. For some, that means the master's students are really a help. Um, you know, they might be further along in terms of their coding abilities to help them better understand those things. Um, Whereas for others, it might mean that they're already advanced in terms of coding or in terms of the understanding of the scientific method. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the exposure to the master's curriculum is really the way in which they grow further. Um, all of that, you know, the intent of the internship is to set them up to succeed as a sports science professional, um, but also a potential research professional. You know, the interesting aspect about sports science is that Really, the skills that you learn here don't only market you to be uh, an important 
applied practitioner, but also you learn important theoretical skills that you could apply in a research or laboratory setting. So not every intern's interests are the same, um, but you know, given the kind of theoretical implied nature of the internship, you are attractive for for both worlds once you once you're done here. Um, we do try to keep them, of course. Um, but in the past, we've had interns go other ways. Um, you know, whether that's industry, academia, um, or collegiate or professional sports. Um, you know, that's obviously uh, welcomed on our end, and and we're happy for them. But the intent is to really put them in a, the best position so that they can land a full time job like that. That's interesting because I know from our world and just watching Coach Brenda go through our internships, like it's kind of we've had a few people come in that I don't think were truly dead set on being SNC coaches, but they might have transitioned into it. But I never thought of like on your end, like you could do like education, you could do the research and all. It's really kind of cool that it's it's very specialized and you are doing the sports science, but it allows you to have this bigger reach as you go. Uh, Coach Brenner, just real quick while we're on this topic, can you talk about maybe a couple of the interns you've had, maybe not even here, but your other places that maybe weren't always SNC that what do you do for them for your curriculum? Like how do you still keep them engaged what we're doing, but maybe they're really not leaning towards that. Or maybe for one of our previous interns who came in not wanting to be SNC, who's now going off to a paid position. Yeah, I think it's a tough thing to balance because a lot of times, classes come in with varying levels of experience. I'd like to grow this program to the point where we expect a certain amount of experience before they come in. I think at the point that we're at right now, um, most of the people we're getting, this is their first internship experience, or you know, this is their ending of their undergrad where they've never really been in a practical setting. They've mostly just learned from the textbook. So I think because of where we're at right now, it's, it's been a pretty easy transition um, because I start from, from square one. I think a lot of things that you learn in undergrad are purely in the textbook, which is we all know isn't really how we end up training teams in real life. You know, you don't necessarily stand there in time your rest between sets when you're training a team of 50, you have different, you know, bigger fish to fry. So um, as people that aren't really familiar into the field or have any background in it come in, everybody's starting at the, the you know, ground zero portion that we're at. Um, Cause I take like our first whole week is an orientation week where I'm going to bring them out there and show them, this is how you squat. This is how you correct a squat. This is how you do all these movements. Um, Cause honestly, most people haven't gotten that by the time they get to us, which is, I think something we do really well is taking the time to go through the basics. Um, I think with that, um, other programs I've been at, we haven't necessarily had as many people that aren't interested in the field here at Pitt as we're trying to get this program starting and going, especially my first couple classes, we had some people that, um, either we're more going for the physical therapy route and wanted to experience this side of things, um, which is valuable because I think we're we're educating each other's side of the field of how to best work together and how each other does. Um, we had one guy that came in last summer and ended up sticking around with us um, for the whole academic year, but had no idea anything about strength conditioning, um, was looking at physical therapy. And then as he went through this program, found that this was his passion and this is his home. And now he's heading off to be a, a paid intern for a year. Um, so I think it's, because of where we start and because of how we start with the basics, it's anybody could come in and succeed. Um, but I do lay it out with them that I'm not going to take the time to relate this to physical therapy. Like my job is to teach you strength and conditioning. How you choose to apply that is is up to you. No, and again, I'm going to beat a dead horse probably this whole podcast, but like, again, an amazing job. Like your week one, like how detailed you are of going through everything as a coach when you have the interns who are assigned to my teams. It's so much easier when they already have that understanding of, this is how we squat. This is our clean setup. Like it makes them, instead of just being a cleanup and breakdown crew, I can actually throw them in sooner to actually 
helping me coach and being that second eye on the floor. And again, I've been, I think it's 10 months now I've been with the department and all that. And from day one coming in between SNC and sports science, like the integration is almost seamless. So like, I'm really curious on like, do you guys pre-plan like collaborations? Is it more of an organic thing? Like how do you guys really bridge that gap of making it not seem like one silo, another silo and making it really this more holistic approach, even with, um, excuse me, our interns and maybe projects that they're working on. I think I'll, I'll start with that. Um, honestly, I think it comes from the top. I think Felix does a really good job as a department head of not siloing different departments. Um, but I think just how he he sets the tone is that everybody is here to help each other. You know, his I've seen sports science programs all operate in different manners. And I think his approach, um, from my point of view, is very much we're all a team. We're all here to have conversations and find the best point to get to. Um, so from day one, as our interns come in, they report to different people. They have different curriculums. But the kind of family atmosphere and the understanding that we all work together and collaborate on a daily basis is really just kind of bleeds down through those programs. Um, Felix and I are fortunate enough that we work together. Oh, I see him almost every day um, within our different daily routines that we have. So we're able to talk a lot and then really we're evolving this as we go each semester. You know, I think this spring was the first time that we really, truly integrated the two programs. Um, and I think we'll grow that as we go over time. So our frequent interactions allowed us to start to, you know, bounce ideas off each other of how we want to integrate this. Um, but I know the discussions we've had have really been, you know, he and I work together. We we don't operate well without each other because we both, you know, we work as a team every day. So we expect our interns to be able to do that. We want to show them that as their example. Yeah, I agree. I can only echo what Brenda was saying. It starts with the mindset of everybody is better together, um, that it's a, you know, a real collaborative um, approach from everybody involved that does not just involve Brennan and I, but, you know, nutrition involved, um, sports medicine, um, a, a high performance mindset. But then naturally, um, you can imagine that we're all following the same questions of how do we get our athletes to become the best athletes possible? And so naturally that that allows us or requires us to assess performance over time to get a measuring point of where we are at. So it's not just the sports scientists that are coming up with all of a sudden we're starting to ask questions. Obviously, every practitioner does that, um, whether it's an SNC coach or, um, you know, a dietitian. So um, we, we collect data in all of these domains. Um, so it is important for an up and coming SNC coach to be aware of the the ways in which you can measure performance so that they can get a better understanding of where you know performance is trending if what they're doing is working etc um so it's not just a sports science um thing so to speak um there are overlapping constructs between the two um just because by nature sports science is in essence just a little bit of all of these domains um and then packaged with a more thorough understanding of analyzing data at the end of the day. So naturally there are some organic um, areas where the interest overlaps. And I think we do a good job clearly defining first the communication channels and responsibilities. But once those are established, those natural and organic interactions, um, we both value them because um, as practitioners ourselves, we I think we both believe that that's really where everybody gets better as a result of that collaboration. So um, we encourage those and um, to go into a, a project. Um, you know, sometimes this, like Brenna had said, this is the first semester where we had 
our interns do a more formal project together rather than those organic interactions, which just involved them putting together a testing battery for a full year for a team that they hadn't worked with. Um, so we had uh, sports science interns paired up with strength and conditioning interns. And the goal was, hey, let's say you're given um, the women's soccer team or the softball team. How would you go about testing them, knowing that as an SNC coach, you're going to want to see progress over time in what you do. And as a sports science um, professional, you're going to want to assess uh, the specific needs of the sport in each of these athletes. When would you test? What would you use to test? What variables of each test would you look into? And how would you analyze data over time in order to provide a clear picture for everybody in the support staff? Um, you know, they basically just had to justify why they would do what they were doing, provide a clear um, And then importantly, ultimately, what would that information um, help them make a better decision and what aspects of their program or what aspects of their communication with the coaching staff and support staff would change as a result of more information. Um, unfortunately, that's something that kind of gets lost often. Um, so that, that application is really important. And the last piece is because they're all embedded here at Pitt and with various teams, they're very aware of the environment and the logistical hurdles that could come with testing let's say we want to do force play uh, testing let's say an ash test the athlete shoulder test of um, a specific team but really we know hey the schedule of the weight room wouldn't allow this to do every week well, okay uh, maybe although there's a you know theoretical rationale for the test logistically it doesn't seem feasible so an important aspect is just knowing your environment kind of what Brenna alluded to earlier, it's not always textbook. Um, you don't always do it the way, you you know, it's written in a book. Um, you you got to be adaptable to your environment. Um, so a final piece is just making sure, knowing the environment at Pitt, that it's specific and applicable to that environment. That's awesome. For these testing batteries, did you guys have set times where you guys would then meet together with the interns from each side and talk about, either procedures or how to go about it? Or was it more so like a prompt? Here's your partner, go figure it out. And then kind of, if you have questions, ask you guys, because just from an outsider looking in, like I never saw kids really missing lifts. Like my interns are always there. I was just kind of curious where this time was coming from, where an extra meeting was being thrown in. I'll maybe start with that. And then for now, if you want to touch on it afterwards, but so we, we do have, a weekly master student meeting, um, which we basically utilize um, not only for the master students, but again, aligning the intern curriculum from a sports science side um, to the, the master student curriculum. So although the initial intent was just to bring all master students together, really it's become an educational weekly session where we talk about each week's uh, topic of the curriculum. In there, uh, we've you know, having the interns join um, every once in a while, if the topic is of value, um, Brenna's done a great job communicating that topic to the SNC interns on her side. You know, SNC interns are uh, more than welcome and uh, invited to join, but it's not a requirement because, again, different curriculum. Um, you know, the expectation 
um, is different um, within each curriculum. So what that led to is ultimately that um, those weekly meetings have become um, a semi-hybrid um, meeting at times. It's not necessarily meant to be a hybrid internship, but those meetings are basically open to anybody that that is uh, part of our uh, sports performance um, interns. And so um, throughout that progress, then um, we, we provided them with the prompt. Um, it was relatively late in the semester. Um, so a lot of the interns had already gotten exposure to technology as part of the day-to-day. So it wasn't like we necessarily prompted them with procedures and protocols. They had learned them as part of their experience here at Pitt already. Um, but then the idea was, okay, you understand how to collect data, but that doesn't really get you far if you don't know how to apply and and best utilize that piece of technology. And importantly, what you do with the data afterwards. So that was kind of the intent behind it is, is taking things a step further from you're not just collecting it, actively think about what you're actually measuring, what variables you'd want to assess, and, and ultimately what you do with the data afterwards. Um, and, and you know, I think it, it, it worked out fairly well. Um, I think there are certainly things that we can improve upon um, in the next iterations, um, but it was a good first step to, to grow in the future. I think uh, adding on to that, at least from the student initiating side, and, and Felix kind of touched on this before, we established the clear, you know, methods of communication and who they report to, but then we're also here to help them get the experience that's going to be the best for them. You know, so I've had several string initiating interns that have a, a strong interest in sports science um, that we might encourage them to go, you know, attend a few more of these things, whereas he's had some interns that have an interest in string initiating, so then they've come to some of our coaching drills and, and you know, really kind of chosen their own adventure outside of what's required. Um, very much with these sports science meetings that we have with the master students, I treat that um, kind of as extra for for my interns. So they have a required curriculum, they know what they have to be there for. And then, you know, if somebody has an interest in catapult, we found ways for them to get out and watch something at practice. If they want to go to these meetings, they get an opportunity to do that. Um, so really, what additional stuff that they do, it's kind of like you get out of it what you put into it, in the sense that however much they attend, they're going to learn and grow from. Um, a lot of it here is we have a, especially on the technician side, they have a lot of stuff that we go through. It's, it's a pretty hefty curriculum. Um, and also when you are, you know, an actual professional in the field, as we all know, no one's there to hold your hand. So we very much give them the prompt. We explain it to them. We provide resources for them or opportunities to discuss it. Um, I know with my interns on this side, I want to mostly to discuss it with their peers and research, because once you get in the field, you have an issue pop up or something you want to look at and you have to dive into it and figure out the best way to do it. Um, as they go through though, they do, they are assigned that point person for their programming project simply for the most part, because I don't want to them to only hear my point of view. You know, I want them to learn from everybody on staff and get to understand different philosophies, but that's also an alleyway for them to get to ask these questions. So if they go to their group, they're confused or stuck on something when they meet with their point person for that programming project, that's another resource from the strength and conditioning side that they're able to go and ask these questions. And then if there are sports science issues or questions that pop up with the project, hopefully they'll either attend those meetings or the sports science intern will do their part of the research and then come back and they can collaborate as a group. Being like in that mix of having the interns working with that project and when they come to ask questions, one thing I will say, I think as a whole, we do phenomenally is collaboration communication, whether that be 
you have Coach Duval who does the technology talk and explains the gym wear to them, explains the force plates. Well, now they're learning how to use it the on the floor, but then there is Dr. Felix where if they do have a question, like, well, really, how are we then going to interpret this data? Like, I'm sure you're super busy. I know you're busy, but I don't think I've ever seen you not have like five minutes to talk to, whether it's myself or anyone else to kind of really explain. And then you go always go above and beyond, which is amazing, which I think really is why we're, we have such a good program here is really because there's so many outlets and ways to communicate that not only are they getting gym works. I've been at internships myself coming up where, all right, here's the Tendo. And you're like, here's how you set it up. You're like, I have no idea what I'm doing with it. And you're expected then in your next job to coach through it. We've dove in a lot into curriculum and different things. But one thing I'm really curious about being on the other side of hiring full-timers in previous spots I've been in interns is what do you guys look for in the candidates when you're getting all these emails and you're getting people recommending people for positions? Like, how do you then filter through that to make sure you're bringing in the right people to fill these roles here at Pitt? Um, for me, like I said, it's still a pretty entry-level internship. Um, so I'm looking for a lot of the intangible things. Like, do you have a willingness to learn? Um, and do you have a strong work ethic? If you have those two things for a strength conditioning intern, I can teach you the rest of this stuff. You know, I would rather have someone that has a good open mindset and ready to learn attitude um, than somebody that's, you know, programmed before and done other things and comes in here not ready to learn or listen or, or join part of our collaborative environment. So I think those two things are my strongest things and mostly what I screen for um, within the internship program. I think um, the last thing with that is honestly just like attention to detail, because as I mentioned, there's a lot of things going on. So my weeding out process for for interviewing these interns, did you spell my name right in the uh, cover letter? Did you address it to the right thing? Did you do you know what you're doing as you, you know, did you send your stuff in and proofread it before you do it? So I think that's step one of getting into the interview process. Step two is showing off those two traits um, and then the rest of it, we can teach you and prepare you. Yeah, similar on my end. Um, you know, I really want people that want to be a sponge um, and, and to learn and grow. Uh, you know, I, my background, I spent four years volunteering for the men's soccer team while I was doing my PhD. Um, you know, that was unpaid. So a lot of, you know, obviously our internships are unpaid. Um, so I understand that that is a commitment to make. Um, but oftentimes, um, or, you know, we do a good enough job, I think, that it is uh, worth making that commitment and we really project you forward to get a full-time position or part-time position afterwards. So being a sponge and, and being willing to just learn, grow, um, that being the primary objective for that individual, that's important to me. Um, being humble at the same time, you know, looking for honest people. Um, that's kind of like those intangibles that Brenna was alluding to. I think from my end, there's a, a little bit more of a hard skill um, screening as well. Unfortunately, not in a bad way, but there's often a lot of confusion, I think, between the skills that make you a sports scientist and the skills that make you an SNC coach. So part of the screening, not to say yay or nay, but just to make sure we're aligning the interests of the individual with the sports science or with the strength conditioning internship, is just making sure that the interests really fall in one of those two domains um you know there's not that's not to say that we wouldn't take a person that's interested in both but ultimately to have those clear communication channels and to have clear responsibility up front knowing that you can do the other side a long term and on your own time um we we do screen a little bit more for like um you know 
data-related or technology-related um, experiences. If you don't have them, similar to Brenna, I can teach you those. Um, that's no problem. But it's really more about your interest, um, what you want to do with, uh, what you want to learn. If you're, if you want to be more on the programming side, for instance, well, it's probably a better fit to be with with Brenna. If you want to learn about coding, if you want to learn about the ins and outs of technology, and then ultimately um, just data in general, you're probably going to be more suited on my side. Um, so it's not, again, a yes or no. It's more so where do you belong? Where do you best fit? Um, ultimately, to make your experience as good as possible and set you up for future success as a professional in the field. This reminds me actually of a post I've seen a couple times come up in jobs recently is kind of looking at SNC and sports science. So if a job is looking, say, for someone who has both skills, and I would like both of you guys input on this, like, where would you think then, Felix, if you have someone coming in who's sports science, but then has a job opportunity, but does require them to be on the floor coaching? Is that something where just based on our curriculum, how you are running things, you would maybe steer them away from just because they don't get as much of that? And then Brent, on the flip side, if they're a strength coach, but like it says, hey, we would love you to also run the sports science. You're like, where is that line of kind of having both skills where maybe these mid-major schools are looking for a dual role versus just one or the other? I would say um, we, I would never shy away a person that wants to do something like that from our internship curriculum. I think the the biggest piece though is, or what I think would be the more promising route, just given the nature of the field is to go through the SNC internship and then learn the sports science side alongside. Really those hybrid positions, they're not sports scientists that also do the strength conditioning, they're strength and conditioning specialists that also do the sports science side. So it makes sense for them to get a similar experience in an internship here, um, which is essentially Brenner's internship curriculum. They learn the and prioritize what the job would require them to do and would uh, require them to prioritize, but they would have the opportunity um, to learn more on the sports science side in order to get the job done and, and do it efficiently. Um, I think this semester we have a really good example of a candidate that was interested in, in both sports science and strength and conditioning ended up going through the SNC side on the internship. Um, actually, will continue to stay on with us, which is very exciting. Um, but he had a good amount of exposure to sports science as well, just because of his interest levels. Um, so if if there would be a hybrid role, I, I think he would be very qualified to do so. Um, but again, the typically the understanding with those positions is your strength and conditioning coach first, and then you, you also take care of sports science. So those are the things exactly um, that we're screening for to say, hey, to set you up, if this is your goal, you're probably going to want to go that route rather than this route. Yeah, I think we also had another case that was the opposite where, um, you know, he reached out, he had both an interest in both and he had strength interesting experience. Um, and then we actually hopped on a joint interview and upon listening to this candidate, found out that we think he was more likely to head towards sports science and that that was the next skill he was hoping to develop. So we sent him to Felix's side, uh, which that's, I think, another really added benefit of, of our communication and our close relationship of our department, but departments, um, is that, you know, we're going to try to get what's best for that intern. So if they come in, it's not just like, well, I need another person, so I'm taking them. You know, Felix and I talk, we try to talk with the candidate, we figure out what we think is the best route for that person, and then we're there to guide them. 
Gotcha. That's awesome. I was actually really learned something from you, the failures on those dual roles, how it is more the SNC. I wasn't sure sometimes how if they were almost 100% down the middle or if they wanted to lean more towards that sports science side. So I'm going to give you guys both props for the interns you guys have brought in. You always bring in great people. And I'm a big believer, as cliche as it sounds like, you win with people. Can you guys give me maybe one or two of maybe your uh, interview questions that you asked that more so give you that inside scope of like, you know what, this is a quality person that I know is going to fit in well with us, where if maybe they answer it differently, you're like, mm, I'm kind of on the fence of that if you've been happy. Um, one of mine is, it's kind of a two-parter, but I ask them, I say, you know, doing the right thing is not always the easiest thing to do. And then I say, tell me about a time that you chose to do the right thing instead of taking the easy way out. And then I also flip that around and say, again, tell me about a time that you took the easy way out instead of doing the right thing. Um, I like that question because it is an awkward question to get on an interview, but I think that it allows me to see how they approach mistakes that they've made so that I can understand, are you taking accountability of it? Are you shying away? Um, things that I might think are huge red flags that they're acting like it's not a red flag. It, it lets me see a lot of things. Um, I think the second one that I have that I really like is um, just like, tell me about one of your greatest learning experiences and how it shaped you to be the person you are today. Um, that separates people out a lot. I've gotten some people that tell you about a big life event that, you know, really made them want to take a certain path or change who they are. And other people are like, man, one time I power cleaned and I liked it. So you get a, a different range of kind of the depth of person, I think, on those questions. My question in that regard is actually very similar. Um, so to jump on the first one where Berna was asking about the easy versus the right thing, um, I make it pretty much situational. So I give them this example of um, you're collecting data and you are getting data so that technology did not break down, but it's very obvious that it's poor data. What I mean by that is, um, you know, for instance, the force signal of the um, counter movement jump is, is trash and the associated endpoints that are calculated based on that signal are also highly inaccurate. What are you going to do with that information? How are you going to communicate that? Um, you know, what I wouldn't want them to answer is that they just analyze it and report it. Um, what I hope they will answer is, well, first they bring it up because it needs to get fixed. Um, and two, um, we're going to either need to separately process that uh, kind of movement jump or scratch it. Um, you know, I think, especially on the sports science side, Unfortunately, that isn't a thing that often gets overlooked is there's kind of a moral obligation to make sure that what you're reporting is is really valid and reliable. And even if you have valid and reliable technology and protocols, that does not mean that a given chump is valid and reliable. Um, so if you have technological glitches, um, well, it's in our own moral responsibility to get rid of that um, and, and not present it as accurate and valid because... Ultimately, um, you know, if we make decisions based on data, um, we need to make sure that it's ac uh, accurate and appropriate. You know, the worst thing would be providing false information and having a skewed decision-making as a result of that. Sometimes then it's better to have no information at all because then you at least operate with a level of uncertainty and take that into consideration when you make a decision. So, um, you know, that situational question um is is pretty much the equivalent of the the right versus um easy question that Brenna presents um and then you know for me 
the the second question I would say um, is oftentimes what separates a good from a bad sports scientist or a good from a not so good sports scientist? Um, because I think the the question is relatively broad and vague, but the the values that an individual chooses when answering that question tells you a lot about the values that they uh, value. So, um, you know, integrity, things like that um, versus detail orientation um, or um, basically the level of uh, meticulousness. There's a variety of ways in which you can answer that question. And I think you learn a lot about um, the individual's priorities as a professional, just based on the values that they present in that question. Both of those, I think, are awesome. I love, Brenna, how yours could be so much of like a story, right? It could be a part of your life. And then Felix, it's really like if they never really collected data outside of maybe being in a lab in like one of their undergraduate classes, it's really like, all right, like what what values am I going to build to stand on, which I think is fantastic. And based off the interns we've had, I think you guys do a fantastic job of filtering them and really bringing in some high quality candidates. So for the last thing I really want to touch on for this podcast is goals of the internship. So what are like your big rocks? What are you trying to get out of? I know for SNC, like we're trying to get that job placement. We're trying to get them into GA positions. And then also I want to talk about highlights of people that have come through our program and like, where are they now type uh, situation and kind of just highlight of where we put place people. Um, I think for the strength and interesting side of it, something that I'm really trying to shift this next summer for that we, we started to implement this spring is passing this CSCS. I think that's something that each year I see more and more interns struggle with. So we've invested in a lot of resources and I'm, I'm building that in the curriculum so that they're more prepared when they take their test. Um, job placement, we were really lucky this spring. We, we were able to get a lot of good people in the jobs and, and we had every intern placed by the end of the semester. Um, that's not necessarily my goal moving forward. I don't want to be a program that shoots for 100% placement rate just to have it. I think my goal is to make sure that if you come in here and you work hard and you do a good job, that then you get the placement you deserved. So um, I think I see a shift in how people are approaching work ethic and how they approach opportunities in this field right now. And I want to make sure that when people come in, like you give us your all, I'm going to give you my all to help you get a job. Uh, but if you don't necessarily meet me with 100%, I'm not... I'm, we'll help guide you. I'm here for that, but I don't want to have a hundred percent just to have a hundred percent. If you're, we're not pushing, you know, quality work out into the field. Um, and then I think the the last thing that comes down from Stephanie Mock, our, our head of our department is that, you know, she likes the grassroots approach. So kind of on that same mindset, if you come in and you do a really good job, you're now part of our tree. Um, so if it's one of our, our paid fellow positions that we can pull you from, like we had an intern this semester that um, is going to stay on for the next year with that paid spot. Um, or even if we have a full-time spot open up down the road and we remember that that person did a good job and, and left a great impression, that's something that we want to be able to look for and come back and pull back from people that have been through our, our program. Similar on the, the sports science side, um, you know, I think we're younger definitely than the strength and conditioning side. So um, we haven't had the same number of interns. Um, those that have gone through the program um, were successful in, in finding positions afterwards. But similar to Brenna, um, you know, the the placement rate is, is an effective retrospective way of looking at success, but not lack thereof of the internship program. Um, but when it becomes a target, then it kind of fails to be, be a, a relevant measure. Um, and so it's never just a goal to have a high placement rate. Um, really what I care about is just 
from when I compare them going into the program to when they leave, they're a better practitioner, they're a better person, um, and and they have better skills to promote themselves for a position. Right now, um, ideally, that would be with us. Again, we're growing, we're young, so we can't always offer those opportunities. But at the least, um, you know, we offer the trajectory into good um, internships, fellowships, or assistant positions elsewhere. Um, you know, I'd like to think of our program because sports science is relatively broad to be able to accommodate a range of positions, um, whether that's in biomechanics, whether that's in research, um, you know, a quote unquote sports scientist, a more generalist, I guess. Um, and then at varying levels, you know, MLB, they're very invested into fellows nowadays, NBA or any of our collegiate uh, partners. So there's a broad range of um, opportunities for these interns when they leave. Um, but really the, the main goal is to b make them the best practitioners possible. The, the placement rate is kind of a organic consequence of that. If you have great people, if you develop them well, um, that will kind of follow just by nature. Um, and uh, so the goal isn't just that. The goal is to, to make people better. No, that's a great point. And definitely I can say again, repetitive. I feel like I'm saying the same things over again. You guys do an amazing job with that job with that. Brennan, with having them making sure like they're getting the best resources to pass the CSCS. Like again, it just it sets them up for so much opportunity because they need that certification to land a GA, to land a job. Or if they go to that next internship, it just allows them to lack of a better word, be more valuable because they can be assigned more bigger responsibilities because they are certified. Felix, I'm super excited to kind of see where that comes with like the sports science of how you're growing this department, how you change that curriculum and see how we can help these great people we're bringing in move on to that next step. But guys, I appreciate it so much coming on today's episode. I love talking to you guys, even in the office about everything. So really, really, really appreciate you guys coming on and absolutely love watching what you guys are doing with these internship programs. Thanks, Devin. Appreciate you having us on and hail the pit. Hail Thanks, Dan. Hell the pit. Hell the pit.